Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. Um, I'm pissed off this morning. Um, I, I don't even know why I let myself get pissed off, but uh, I read my own blog. I'll admit it. I, I, I look at the comments in, in the section below and. Uh, uh, I know you can't change the world and change everybody's mind. It's, you know, uh, comment sections are, you know, sort of the, the, the bottom of the barrel of, of dialogue out there. Um, and someone got under my skin this morning for this particular reason. She was telling me that uh, uh, online dating was, was uh, you know, a folly. It doesn't work. And, and it's, it's a really common story. Online dating doesn't work. And uh, it's really random luck. It's the equivalent of winning, winning the lottery. And um, she believes that. That's been her experience. Except it's, it's, it's not true. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the hard part. It, it's her experience, but it doesn't speak to the totality of, uh, of online dating. So the premise behind today's podcast is, is you know, four ways in which you can make your own luck in love. Uh, and it builds on what I did in a previous podcast called is, you know, uh, is dating a skill. So this woman seems to suggest dating coaches are jokes. Um, you know, you can't really change your own outcome that you're really just bound by your own looks and your own personality and there's nothing you can do different. And um, again, comparing it to the lottery, 250 people a year, I had to look it up because I was so annoyed. Right? And this is the first thing before I, we're shooting early in the morning and I had to go look this up. 250 people a year in America become millionaires from winning the lottery. 2.3 million people get married uh, each year and uh, 17 to 20% of them come from online dating. It's 500,000 people get married thanks to online dating. So how can we even say that online dating doesn't work? And then think of, if you're a woman who's watching this, think of every guy who's done something stupid on a date. You think he could have benefited from some dating advice? Someone whispering in his ear and saying, hey buddy, pick up the check, something like that. So if men can make mistakes in dating to improve their outcomes with women, doesn't it stand to reason that women could stand to improve their outcomes with men if they understood men and made slightly different decisions, right? Sl slightly different profiles, emailed, texted slightly differently? Well, of course it does. So. That's, that leads me to why I'm passionate about this subject and about my job in general. Um, I really do believe that we can get better. And I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a personal uh, worldview. I'm, I'm an optimizer. My, my wife talked about that in our, in our wedding vows. Um, she says she never, she never met anybody like me who is constantly hell-bent on getting better like wants to be a better father and reads books about it and wants to be a better husband and reads books about it and wants to be a better business coach and gets pays for coaching and seminars and I you know it's it's a it's a worldview so I can't tell you that you you should have this worldview or that it's the only worldview but I'm I'm a a great believer in the in 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 change and growth so there's the, this idea we may have talked about it here before there's a growth mindset and there's a static mindset the static mindset says well this is who i am 
Whoever I am today is who I'm going to be forever. So uh, what thoughts does that lead to? Um, I did a job and it went badly. I'm a failure. Right? That's what the static mindset believes. I'm a failure because I failed. Where someone with a growth mindset will say, well, I failed at that. What could I learn from it? What am I going to do differently the next time around? That the failure doesn't stop them. They don't internalize failure as, oh, it's about me. It's, this was a failed venture. So it's the Thomas Edison quote. I haven't failed. I just found 10,000 ways that don't work. And that's certainly um, what I like to think about myself when it comes to dating and relationships. I went on 300 dates. It's, you know, I've told that story a million times. I guess you could say I was a, I was a failure until I, until I wasn't, right? And that's what I promise to you is if you persevere and you learn from your mistakes, you, you will get everything that you ever wanted in a relationship. And so um, it also talks about another uh, way of looking at this. This is from uh, Barry Schwartz's uh, Paradox of Choice. It's a favorite book of mine. Uh, one of the main reasons I got married was reading this book. And he said there's, there's satisficers and there's maximizers. A, a satisficer is someone who's content and satisficers for the most part are happier. Satisficers are content. Um, he's, he's cute, he's nice, he makes a decent living, I'm keeping him. That's a satisficer. And a maximizer is gonna say, oh, he's 5'9", I wish he was 5'11". <laughs> right. um, maximizers demand more, right. and they, it takes them longer to achieve their goals, but they set their goals higher. Right. And as a result, they often get what they want. It's just a long, longer, more torturous road to get there. So um, I'm not saying you should be a maximizer in love per se. I am saying that you can make your own luck. Um, most of us are well versed in, in making our own luck in other aspects of our life. We took SAT courses in high school. Um, if you're fortunate enough to uh, you know, have parents who had disposable income when you were in high school, you took SAT courses to prepare you to get into the best college. And we've all had to build and rewrite resumes. And we've had to switch jobs as an adult. We know that we have to control things. We can't just sort of sit back and wait for the career gods to hand us something. Um, few of us are well-versed in creating a successful love life from scratch, even though we've created everything, right? We all have to pay the bills, but because love doesn't seem necessary the way a roof over your head does, we tend to say, well, there's nothing I can do when I, you know, if I meet someone, then I meet someone. If I don't, well, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Um, you know, maybe that's the plan the universe has. Maybe that's, maybe that's God's plan. I hear a lot of, a lot of invocation of, well, you know, if God wants to send me someone, listen, I'm just one guy and I just have one, you know, my story and my version of life, it's, it's, it, it's not, it doesn't make yours wrong. I'm not trying to contradict it. If anything, I'm trying to add on to it. Um, I was, you know, the nice guy in high school. Uh, I was, I was largely the same person I, I am right now, just, um, just a little thinner, uh, a little less confident and a little less money, but I was, you know, the nice, you know, uh, intellectually curious, wise ass guy. Um, I became friends with all the pretty girls and listened to them pour out their hearts to me, um, complaining about the jerky guys and, and sort of hoped that by proximity um, they would turn to like me. But of course I was, you know, you know the president of the, the friend, friend zone. And um, 
that was my sort of status quo, um, where I, I saw myself differently than other people saw me, but it doesn't, didn't matter. Perception was reality. And in, in high school, I couldn't break out of whatever my role was, or I didn't think I could break out of whatever my role was. I didn't have the confidence to break out of whatever my role was. And then I went to college, and I was the exact same guy with a new audience. So the first thing, I'm taking a long time to get to um, sort of the first way of the four ways that you can make your own luck and love. One of the ways you can make your own luck and love is by getting a change of venue. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, um, I've always called it away game. I've got some, I've got some friends who, who uh, travel for a living. Um, one guy in particular is a good friend. He's a, he's a director, uh, cameraman, <clears throat> travels all over uh, shooting, shooting uh, different events, uh, mostly music. And I've always said about him, he's got a great away game, which is to say that he, he has a hard time falling in love here in Los Angeles. But put him in New York or London or Austin, Texas or San Francisco, um, he could meet people, take women home, blah, 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 like, like nobody's business. Right. So what is that about? Right. Is it a, that people in other cities are just easier? Or is it that he sees himself differently when he goes to other cities? Um, I, I obviously think it's, it's the latter. I think a lot of people, when they go to a different place, if you're going on vacation, you say, I'm never going to see these people again. You let loose. You don't have to think about, oh my God, I have to wake up early the next day. Right. So you, you relax. You don't feel like you're on uh, a wife hunt or a husband hunt. You just you go out and you have some drinks and you stay up late and the stakes seem very low. And because the stakes are low, you perform better. You're more relaxed. You're more you, strangely, when you are with strangers on a plane than you are when you're on a date with someone that you met on Match.com. And that's interesting, just to observe how our perceptions of how things are, just the, the fear, oh my God, this might be my husband. It, it actually changes you, right? changes the way you do things. So I, I really believe in the change of venue. It might mean moving to a new city. Listen, I'm not telling you to uproot yourself if you're really happy, but if you feel you don't have deep roots in your city, maybe reinventing yourself in a new city is a good thing. Um, a new dating site, um, a, a, a business trip, just get outside of your, your, your current comfort zone, the place that you every day you do this, every weekend you do this. Right? Go outside your comfort zone, try something new, and men are going to show up. I mean, it's the biggest question I get that's sort of a non-question. Where do I meet quality guys? God, guys are everywhere. There's not like a secret place that everybody knows about except for you. It's who am I being that's going to make quality guys become attracted to me? It's not where you go. So yes, I'm suggesting a change in venue, but only in, in as much as a change of venue brings out a change in your personality and brings out the fun, playful, relaxed part of you, not the uptight, cynical, I'm burnt out on everybody in Los Angeles part of you. Um, I have three more points that I'm dying to get to, but we're going to have to do that after the break. Um, really interesting stuff about how you can make your own luck and love. Uh, thank you for tuning in. My name is Evan Mark Katz. This is the Love You Podcast, and we will be right back. Hey, 
Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. This is the Love You Podcast. Welcome back to part two uh, of what is this called? Four ways to make your own luck and love. First half, I talked about one of the ways, which is to uh, get yourself a change of venue. The second thing I want to talk about is about watching pe people who have a superior set of skills. Um, I have. Uh, I talked about my experience in high school that were, you know, uh, whatever I had going for me wasn't working. And then I went to college and I was around a different, you know, different group of people, um, people who were a little bit more like me. I felt like I could be myself, so it probably brought out a better side of me. People had no preconceived idea of who I should be, right? And uh, being on my own, lots of alcohol definitely aided my ability. But um, if I went from here, which was, you know, 18-year-old virgin <laughs> to, you know, 19-year-old person who finally got laid once. Um, I had some friends who were extraordinarily skilled at interacting with the opposite sex. And I, I remember there was one guy in particular. I, I don't want to use names here. He's got a distinctive name. But he was, a, he was a, a good good friend my freshman year. And he was like a magician. And... I mean, yes, he was, you know, taller and cuter than I was, but it was, wasn't the, the main thing. And I just remember asking myself, what is it that this guy does that I don't do? And I remember I went to his fraternity house. I wasn't in a fraternity, but I was friends with some guys who were. I went to his fraternity house, and he was like the, the rush chair, and I just watched him. And what I realized is that he was the mayor. That's, that was his, his role. And so everybody wanted to be around him. You'd come into his place and he'd be like, hey, great to see you. Can I get you a drink? Isn't this an awesome mix? Have you met Stan? Oh my God, have you, you gotta check out our new ping pong table. We, you know, we've got a, a live band, let's go back there. He was just like the guy who blithely, effortlessly exuded positive energy, right? And not only was he, did he exude positive energy and therefore confidence, but, and this was the big distinction between he and I, uh, where I was much more intense, he didn't play special favors to anybody. It was more like, as I said, he was the mayor. Everybody, you know, men wanted to be him, women wanted to be with him because he exuded that, where when I went to a party, when I found someone I liked, I zoomed in, I just, I just, I was like white on rice. I was like, there's my target, I'm gonna go get her. And, right? and this guy would just bounce around and everybody would look at him like, wow. And I again, I just remember this vividly, saying, this guy does well. Right? Part of dating is a skill. This guy does well, what does he do that I don't? So I internalized the idea, becoming a more joyful, outgoing person around everybody would be a useful skill set, right? Not not being the predator who focused on one person at the time, predator is the wrong word, but you, you get the idea. It's singularly focused on, here's the attractive, intelligent woman that I wanna meet, and following her around all night, which was uh, my, my MO at the time. So I wanna ask you, do you have a friend who's good at dating? Or maybe she's married. She, maybe she's just a natural flirt. Maybe she has an active social life. She's always going to events and parties and is on lists and stuff like that. What does she do? What does she do? What does she do that's different than you? How can you take a page out of her book? 
because it's not like she she owns the book. Yes, we're all like limited by our by our innate personalities. Right? I, I'm not saying that uh, just because I observed this thing about my my friend that I became as uh, adept at picking up women as my friend. But if I move from here to here, if I improve 15%, that's something, isn't it? So that's what we're talking about. It's a level of, of conscious competence about making slight changes that might result in, in major shifts and major results, right? And we're talking about how do, how do we meet men? How do, we get, how do we get men attracted to us as a coach or woman? How do we do that? Well, part of it is changing venue. Part of it is watching people who have superior skills, asking your girlfriends, having the humility to be like, you know, Jessica, how do you do that? Like you go to a party and you just laugh at the guy's jokes and you touch him on the arm. And she's like, yeah, that's what I do. I laugh at their jokes and I touch him on the arm and they're, they're enthralled. And it, does, it costs me nothing. It's really easy to do. And you'll say, but I don't want to. I don't find their jokes funny. I don't want to touch strangers on the arm. To which, you know, your friend Jessica would say, well, that's why you don't have guys responding to you in the same way. I show them more positive energy. I show them more warmth. And in turn, they respond to me more. People are mirrors for each other. So you give a little more, you'll get a little bit more. There's not one answer, right? You could, you could sign up for a, 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 a meetup or get on mailing lists. But really, ask your friends who are good at men what they do. Right? Have the humility to, to ask their observations about what you can do differently and just, just share. Uh, a good friend will, will be pleased to help you out and be flattered that you're asking. Um, great artists look at other people's art and great writers are, are often, usually, almost mandatorily, great readers. So there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm going to look at what someone else is doing and take a page out of their, their book. It's, it's not stealing. It's best practices and it's extremely wise. Uh, if you're dissatisfied with your love life, to look at people who have a more satisfactory love life and find out how they got there. Tip number three is to try to mix things up. Um, I am doing a, a, a dating boot camp coming up. That's a that's a big way of mixing things up. Uh, I'm you know I'm not not selling it. It's already you know it's already full, but. Uh, I have women who's gonna, who are going to spend uh, a whole month with me here in Los Angeles going through the entire dating process. I'm going to condense three months of my Love You material into one month in person, uh, meeting for dinner and drinks and uh, a weekend at my office and getting, you know, getting people professional online dating photos and, and you know, we're going to write their online dating profiles. We're going to completely reboot them. My friend Kim, Kim Seltzer, you can look her up, Elite Image Makeovers. Um, she does, that's what she does. She helps women with their looks. Uh, and I spend very little time talking about looks because for, for a number of reasons. Number one, um, I think women have enough uh, information out there that make them aware of their own looks. Um, pretty much every woman's magazine uh, will tell you what you can do different with your abs or your ass or your makeup. So you don't need some, someone else piling on about looks. Um, but I think it's important, especially if things feel stale or, or something's not working. So uh, there's no shortage of people that, that, that could do style makeovers, who could take you shopping, who could give you new haircuts. There's lots of ways of just shaking things up and doing a slight reinvention that makes you feel fresh and new and confident again. I'm not going to delve too far into how to do that because I'm just a dude. Um, 
but it's about breaking the cycle of, of whatever rut you may be in. There's a story I, I think of of a, of a woman who came to me for dating and relationship advice, and she was a, she was a super introvert. Uh, like her her life was you know going to work, going home, uh, reading a book, curling up with her cat, and that's not you know that's not an exaggeration, nor is it an insult. That was her life, and that was her preferred life. Um, but she was in her late thirties, and she realized she wasn't meeting anybody. She was no closer to getting married than when she was eight years old, right? and she was thirty eight. Um, and so I suggested that she go to a group here in Los Angeles. It was, it was called EOW, and I'm pretty sure it still exists. Uh, every other week, a group of people, like 250 people, would meet at a, a hotel bar, fancy hotel bar, buy you know $15 drinks. Um, so she goes to this thing. Uh, it was run by my friend, and um, she reports back to me the next week. She didn't meet anybody. I said, "What do you mean? There's 250 people at a hotel bar." Well, she went for 10 minutes. She looked around, and she left. And I said, well, why did you do that? Why did you, I mean, you were there. Why didn't you talk to anybody? Well, no one came and talked to me. I said, well, people who go to these events regularly know each other, so they talk to each other. They seek out conversations with people they already know. It's not their job to approach a stranger and say, hey, stranger, come into my conversation. It's your job to insert yourself into the conversation. Um, that's, again, not easy. It's not natural. Next time, she should go with a friend, right? You go with another girlfriend. If you have two women standing alone, two guys are going to approach you. And then that's, it's, it's natural. It's like a magnet. So mixing things up isn't just about where you're going. And I told that story about uh, inviting my client out to this event called EOW. Um, it's not just about where you're going. It's about what you're doing. Um, uh, this... And again, I, I, don't, I don't mean to even pimp this EOW uh, uh, group. Um, it's just a group that I'm associated with years ago when I was single in Los Angeles. Uh, I remember that I was with a, a, a bunch of friends that I knew from this group. This is before I was married, obviously. And I was with a guy friend. And I, again, I felt like I did back in high school. Look at all these women that I'm not talking to at this party. And this is me at age 33. <laughs> Look at all these women that I'm not talking to. Um, and I decided to like just shift something in my head. I said, and I had an extra drink. I said, um, I said to my buddy, Tyler, I said, um, pick, out, pick out a woman here. Just, just pick someone out, I'll go talk to her. And it's, it's like I stepped outside of my body and I said, I'm not doing it for me, I'm doing it for him, right? Like I just, I, I just, I grew a pair of balls spontaneously on the spot. Tell me who you want me to talk to. He's like, over there, this is an attractive blonde and a brunette. And I said, great, done. And I became someone I normally wasn't. I was fearless. All on a dare, because I wasn't representing me, I was representing my friend. <laughs> so I go over to these two women, I leave my friend behind, I go over to these two women, and they're talking with each other. They're not looking for male company. And I stood outside them. And um, eventually, you know, few seconds in, they acknowledged me like, okay, you're standing looking at us in you know, a conversation. I said, you guys could keep talking. I'll just, I'll just jump in when I have something to add, right? Which was the truth. It was sort of like a cheeky line, but I was like, I, I didn't have a line. Just, I'll, just keep doing what you're doing. I'll, I'll, I'll contribute when I'm ready. And it was so stupid that it made them laugh. And five minutes later, I, talking, talking, talking. I waved my friend over, get a phone number. 
that's an example for, at least for this guy, who was, you know, turned to online dating because I wasn't good at that. Um, that's an example of doing something different, mixing up your approach instead of saying, I can't, I won't. Because I can't, I won't just leaves you right where you were. Tip number four, make an investment in your own happiness. So I'll be the first to admit, and I've publicly admitted that I'm, I, I am sometimes hypocritical about this. I talk about change and, and then I complain that I'm 10, 15 pounds heavier than I was when I first got married. Um, and it's true, and I could find rationalizations, and you know, I'm, I'm a father now, I got two little kids at home, I wanna be there for them, I don't wanna take time to go to the, the gym, and you know, studies show that married couples are 15 pounds heavier than single couples, and you know, fat and happy, and my wife had a heavy husband the first time around, her first husband, so I'll never be the fat husband, and she doesn't really complain about how I look, so why should I worry, and I could find all these reasons not to address uh, the problem, um, and then one day I couldn't put on a pair of my own pants. That, that happened to me and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to have to replace my entire lower wardrobe because I'm making these justifications as to why it's okay for me to be heavier than I've ever been before. And so like instantly, the second I was like, like everybody has their trigger, the second I realized I, I'm going to have to have fat pants, um, I, hired a personal trainer who costs $1,600 a month, who is an expert in nutrition and mobility, right? Not just, you know, buffing up and lifting weights across the board, right? And I said, I'm making an investment in myself because the status quo can't hold. I'm not happy. I can't keep doing things this way. Um, and we all know this, right? Reading a, a, you know, men's health about six minute abs, right, and new exercises and training methods. And I could do that, I could, I could read a men's health magazine, um, but it's not gonna do the trick. I mean, maybe for someone it does the trick, it's not gonna do the trick for me. I personally need more attention than that. Um, and by the way, I'm not trying to diminish what I do here. I have uh, this Love You podcast, which comes out every week, every Wednesday. I have new blog posts uh, on Evan Mark Katz on Monday, and Thursday, I have emails that come out from Evan Mark Katz on Tuesday and Sunday. I have a YouTube channel, right, which you may be watching this on, new videos every week. I have Facebook and Twitter, I post five to eight times a day. I encourage you to sign up for all of it, and it's all free. I mean, it's, a, it's an obscene amount of free information that I'm pleased to know makes a result. I get tons of positive feedback that it makes a result. You know, just reading your Facebook page has changed the way I look at relationships and allowed me to dump my last guy. And it's the same. It's wonderful. But it's the same as reading Men's Health. You're reading small snippets, listening to small snippets, getting, getting inspirational quotes. It'll get you in the right headspace. It's all positive, but you're really just dipping your toe in the water. You're not really swimming. The only thing that makes a difference is an investment in your own happiness and taking some form of action. And this is not a, a, a plea for you to buy my programs or, or products. This is a reality check that if your life hasn't changed, right, you might be smarter, more aware, right, some light bulbs are going off, but if you haven't experienced the change, if you're not in a relationship with a great guy right now, right, there's another level that you have to go to get there. Um, that's what I do when I'm not giving away free advice, is I help you get there, um, specifically through my Love You program. So 
I appreciate you joining me for the Love You podcast. Um, I want to tell you about something. I, I don't do this in every email, but right now, uh, if you go to www.evanmarkkatz.com forward slash 20 signs, that's the number 2020 signs, S I G N S, evanmarkkatz.com forward slash 20 signs, you can access a special quiz on the 20 signs that you've wasted time on the wrong men and don't know how to choose the right one. Um, you will. Give me your name and email address, you'll fill out this quiz and your head will be blown because you'll say, oh my God, look at how many mistakes I've made over the decades of dating. Um, it's, it's black and white evidence that you need to do something different to get different results in love. That's www.evanmarkkatz.com forward slash 20 signs. My name is Evan Mark Katz. This is the Love You Podcast. I thank you so much for joining me. If you like this, go to www.evanmarkkatz. Give me your name and email address. Sign up for free dating and relationship advice. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. And stick with me. I'm going to take care of you. I really appreciate you being here. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will see you again next week. Bye.